brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Reference to the word of the Lord. You can say amen too. Yeah, praise God. If you haven't got it, you can say wait. Hold up, all right. Hold up. Matthew chapter 25. All those who can, I invite you to stand in reverence to the word of the Lord. There he goes. Everybody got it? Yeah. All right, here we go. This is a weighty passage, so y'all be patient with us. Beginning at verse 14, the Bible says again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold. Some of y'all have a translation that says talents. To another, two bags. And to another, one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Somebody say he left them. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, <laughs> dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See. I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked 
lazy, somebody got a, a translation, slothful servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back at least with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whosoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And thus ends the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated in his presence. I invite you to bow your heads as we begin to pray. Father God, I just come asking you now to meet us here on the corner of 1001 Eugene Street. We seek your face, Lord, for many of us have no other way to turn. I don't know who's all in here today, Lord, but you know them because you created them. They're made in your image. And so, since you are the creator, I ask that you might diagnose whatever's wrong with each and every one of us in this place today. And then my prayer is, is that this word through this humble vessel might meet each diagnosis so that people will walk out fixed and healed today. Lord, I ask that you might remove any distractions or any barriers that might hinder someone from hearing your voice clearly today. Allow them to be focused not on me, but on what you are doing through me. So I ask that you move me out of the way. Fill my mouth with your words. Fill my mind with your thoughts. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. How's everybody doing? How y'all doing? Smile. There we go. Smile, y'all. Yeah, y'all look so much better when you smile. Bling. I want to see some smiles out of y'all. Amen. It is so awesome to see y'all here today. Uh, Sunday is such an awesome day for me because we get to have a family meeting. Y'all get to hook up, get to get together. And so I hope y'all feel the same way I do. Uh, this is a great way to start off your week by coming together and fellowshipping one with another. And so today I uh, want to uh, make sure y'all got something to write on or to write with. Everybody got something to write on to write with. 
You can take out your phones, pull up your notes on your phone. I'll go slow enough, you can pack some things into your phone today. So I want to give you all the title to the teaching today. And the title is, All You've Got. All You've Got. All You've Got is what God gave. All You've Got is what God gave. And that's all you got. <laughs> all you got is what God gave. That's what I want to talk about today. If you know anything about the 25th chapter of Matthew, you know that there is a parable right before this parable. It's a parable uh, that is parallel to this parable here that is attempting to explain something that for most of us is unexplainable. Are y'all with me? In our mortal human minds trying to explain heaven or the kingdom is realistically impossible for us. And so Jesus is trying to do something that for us is impossible. He's trying to help us to understand what the kingdom is like. Are y'all flowing with this? Now, in, un in order to understand what the kingdom is like, we have to do some homework. Because if you don't do your homework, on these parables, you will miss the message. Are y'all ready for this? And so Jesus is dealing with something that is more complex than most of us can fathom, lest you move your contemporary mind out of the way. Watch this. Move your democratic mind, move your republican mind, move your I need a big house mind, move your tall, dark, and handsome mind, move, move your uh, Gucci mind, all right? Move all of that. I didn't say Gucci mind. Come on. Move your Gucci mind, right? Your Armani mind. Move that out the way. Because if you come at this with a a, 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 the mindset of this world, of this country, yeah. of this society, yeah. of this political structure, yeah. of this temperature, if you apply that to this, you miss it. So if y'all moved all that stuff out the way, you got it moved out the way, erase it. Is it moved? Okay. Now that we've got that out of the way, I want us to understand that this parable is about something called a caste system. In a caste system, don't miss this, in a caste system, such as this parable is being recited out of, it is not the same as our system here in America. In America, we believe that 
everyone has the opportunity to do whatever they want to do in America. In America, we're supposed to be able to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. But in the caste system, if you're born poor, it is culturally uh, defined that you will stay poor. If you're born rich, based on the culture, you will stay rich. Y'all seen Cinderella? I'm just trying to make it plain. All right? And in a caste system, people just are not inclined. It is not important for me to interact with someone who doesn't have what I have. That's not important. So the has what they have, they talk to their people. The, 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 the folk they don't have, they have their people. And never the two shall meet. Y'all catching this? Now some of y'all are thinking, my fingers are here, y'all already realize, well that sounds kind of like <laughs> the way things are for us. Okay, great. You can make the correlation if you want. Okay? Because we are living in a, a, a state, I'm sorry, let me just be real. We're living in a state that ranks at the bottom of being able to move out of one social economic class to the other. Y'all get that on the way home. Nevertheless, if you don't get this point, you'll miss the fact that this story involves a master having a conversation with a peasant. Don't miss that. Because not only is the master having a conversation with the peasant, the master is also transferring property from himself to the peasant. In the caste system, that is unheard of. People in power don't talk to people who aren't in power. People who aren't in power don't talk to people in power. And so this dialogue in and of itself is mind-blowing. You're not supposed to talk to that person. You're not supposed to be in the same place with that person. You're not supposed to even associate with that person. You've got people. You ever seen people, they have an issue, they say, I have my people talk to your people. They have people. I don't talk to you. I got people. You don't talk to me. What's wrong with you? So this is this is groundbreaking territory for the master, number one, to communicate, and number two, to actually break off some of his wealth, y'all got to hear this, and make a transfer to the peasant. All right, now, let me be clear, because some of y'all, you know, y'all like, well, geez, can I go find me one of these peoples? They can break off some of their wealth and transfer it to me. Here's the deal. This is not about ownership. This master was not giving ownership to the peasant, to the servant. Are y'all following this? 
Write this down. It's not about ownership. It's about, watch this, stewardship. Y'all ready for that? Because if a master is going to give something to the peasant, then the master is going to give it not his ownership, but he's saying, I'm giving you something to manage, to steward, to watch over. Y'all following that? Let's be, let's be clear. Hope y'all are catching this. And so this dialogue is going on. And, and because the master is making a transfer to the peasant or to the servant, it's called a gift. Y'all catching this? My Bible says in verse 15, to one he gained. Oh Lord. In other words, y'all gotta get this. In other words, he gave them something that they did not earn. Okay, some of y'all, okay, y'all not going far with this. Some of y'all are gifted. Okay, let me say it again. All of y'all are gifted. All of y'all have something that you did not earn. There is no Walmart in heaven where before you're born, you go shopping for a nose. You can't go shopping for a waistline. You can't go shopping That don't exist. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Because if there was, I would have went to the Walmart in heaven and said, give me a voice like that. I need some height like that. I need some feet like that. I need a mind like that. Give me one of those kind of minds over there. And how about throwing me, uh, uh, how about throwing me some, uh, some, uh, uh, some, some, what, some brightness like that. I want to be intelligent like them. And I want to be, y'all follow? And so you got to be careful how you treat your gift. Because you didn't earn it. You didn't pick it. It was given to you. But you get tired of folk that try to take credit for their gift. Walk around. Because they can sing. I praise God you can sing. But don't get the big head. It was a gift. I praise God for people who have gifts. But don't get the big head. There are some things you can learn how to do. But there are other things that no matter how many times you sit in a class, you cannot learn charisma. You either have it or you don't. There's some folk in here. People just love you and there's nothing you can do about it you have a gift don't get it twisted this man has given them something that they have not earned and so even though there are giftings in this room that may be highlight the drums he's playing the drums he's a gifted drummer gifted uh, 
organ player, gifted speaker, gifted prayer. Yeah. Everyone has a gift. Are y'all flowing with that? Despite your status, despite your role, despite your uh, whether or not you're impoverished, you have a gift. And here's the real deal. If you have a gift, then that means wherever you go, you are an asset, not a liability. If you have a gift and you know it, wherever you go, you are a blessing wherever you are. That's why it is important before my daughter decides to date somebody, it's incumbent upon me to help him to understand every year that you are married or date my daughter, she has a box she can open to deliver to you a gift. Because she's an asset. Don't mess with my assets. I didn't raise children. I raised assets. I don't buy cars. I buy assets. Why? Because I respect their value. So I don't buy, I don't have cheap stuff. I don't want cheap stuff. Why? I don't want cheap stuff. I don't want cheap people. When people hook up with you, they need to know you're hooking up with an asset. Anyway. So the first thing I want y'all to understand is the system. It's the caste system. The second thing I want you to understand is about this idea of unfairness. Y'all still in the Bible? Do I have to read it? Some of y'all look like y'all left it. He says, uh, he says the man, uh, so he says, he gave five talents or bags of gold, two talents or two bags of gold, and one. Y'all flowing with this? Am I in the Bible? And somebody sitting out there saying, Pastor, that ain't fair. Somebody, you heard me say, all of us are gifted, and some of y'all are saying, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, Pastor, but it don't feel the same. I want to be gifted like them. I want to be gifted like that person. I want to be gifted like them. This ain't fair. Like, I mean, it's okay. You can have that mentality. It's natural. It's normal. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You just like everybody else. Drive down the street, you see somebody. That, that's, that's 30, 40 years younger than you driving what you want to drive. And your mind starts to wonder, like, how in the world? Y'all with me? Some of y'all, you, you married, got married, you married for two seconds. Your best friend got married, they've been married 20 years, you trying to figure out, now what was it about me? It happens. But let me help you. God never said that life would be fair. Ooh, I just said something. I just said something to some folk that call me. And they tell me things. What they really try to tell me about what's going on in their life is that, Pastor, that's unfair. And I listen. 
But the truth of the matter is, is that the word of God does not say that God is going to give us fairness. Otherwise, he would have said, here's two talents, here's two talents, here's two talents, here's two talents, here's two talents. Y'all got to hear me today. What some of us need to understand, if you're going to write anything down, is that when God gives you, that the least you can do is say, thank you, that I have more than I used to have. I may not have what I want to have. I may not have what they have, but thank God I got what I got, which is more than I had. Y'all got to hear me today. I'm just saying. Some of us, you're caught up with what ain't fair, but let me help you. What God is, if somebody say just, praise God for being just. What does that mean? Somebody in here knows that, that, that God don't give me more than I can handle. In other words, when God distributes gifts, when you're gifted, you're gifted according to your capacity. And praise God. God, don't give me a wife that I can't handle. Do I have a witness? Don't give me a job that's going to drive me crazy. God, don't give me a friend that's going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Do I have a witness? Because even as God distributes the gift, he's going to distribute it according to what you can handle. So somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, handle your business. And so, I'm almost done. Since God does not give your giftings equitably, equally, there is one thing he does give everyone equally. Are y'all ready for that? You ready to write that down? The one thing, and this is the one thing, that God gives Everyone yeah. equally and freely All right. is opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know I'm right about it. Yeah, they didn't have the same giftings, but they all had the same opportunity. Are y'all feeling what I'm saying? I'm done. I'm already done. This is where I want to stop right here. What are you doing? with your opportunity. What are you doing with what God gave you? That's all God wants to know. What are you going to do with what just was presented to you? Some of us, the reason why we don't handle our opportunity is because we walk around without the right lenses on. That's why when I moved back from Nashville to Indianapolis, Indiana, and I got here and I said, hey, don't y'all see this opportunity? And people say, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean, what? See, there's a need that needs to be met. Somebody can start a business and they can make money right there. They was like, I don't see that. Yeah. That's an opportunity. But you don't have on the right lenses. So even though it's right there, you can't see it. That's 
why it's so important. I don't know. Here's what I'm doing, y'all. What I'm doing is uh, in the mornings, when I get, every time I get a chance in the mornings, I get up. When I get up, some of y'all may have seen me. I, I, I get a, a little chair and I take my chair out and I sit my chair in a little grassy area and I watch people as they drive down MLK. Y'all should do that sometime. Just watch people. And so as I'm watching these people, I see all these interesting things that people do. I see people do some of the strangest things. You know, and I think I've learned that, you know, I used to live in Chicago and I spent some time in California and the traffic up there is deep. Y'all feel me? And it's been deep like that for decades. Indianapolis hadn't seen, they didn't see deep like that for until just recently. But back back then, you know, I'd be on the Dan Ryan listening to, uh, what was it, uh, uh, 92, whatever, whatever it was. I, I'd be listening to the radio and we'd be listening, he'd be la we'd be laughing and sitting, and you had to do it because you were sitting in traffic. I mean, we'd sit in traffic, we'd look across the side, we'd be laughing at the people on the other side because they'd be sitting too. We'd just all be sitting in traffic. That's the traffic up there. And people did things in the traffic up there because you didn't have a choice. Y'all follow? I sit there on MLK seeing people be rude and they had a choice. I'd be like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to blow. You didn't have to speed up. You didn't have to, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do the little finger thing you did. That wasn't necessary. You really didn't. You, really, you didn't have to roll your window down and shout out that, like, yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't need to hear that. You didn't have to do that. I've, I'm amazed by people doing things that they just don't have to do. And so here's what I decided. I said, you know what? I see stuff. I don't understand. So I started reading Proverbs. I said, Lord, speak to me while I'm doing this tent thing and I'm watching if you speak to me. And one of the things that I've learned um, by reading the Proverbs is that there are some people who the word of God says are simple. And, 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 and they desire simplicity in other people. You can't be too deep around these folks or they will avoid you. Y'all know any people like that? They simple. I'm in the Bible. Y'all read it. Proverbs. Simple. And they want to be around simple people. So you can't walk through life with simple lenses on. Because the things of God, you will not see. Are y'all flowing with that? Yeah. And so I'm just trying to tell some folk that God drops opportunity into your lap every time you open your eyes. I said a whole lot right there. And all God wants to know is what you gonna do with what I gave. Can I make another quick point? Did you notice that when God gave the gift, he left them? Y'all catch that? Isn't it interesting that gift, being gifted is a lonely enterprise? Isn't it interesting that being gifted can get you fired? Am I by myself? Do I need to testify? One of the things that I was told when I started teaching at Ball State University, one of the other professors told me, she said, it was the only other African-American professor, because she's the only one who would talk to me like this. She said, don't let anyone know what you know. I said, what? She said, don't let anybody know what you know. 
And I didn't understand what she meant. In other words, she was trying to tell me to hide my gift. So my wife knows I tried. Go to work. Anybody have ever had to put a girdle on? Uh, try to squeeze your gift in a girdle. Oh. Her brothers are like, no, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. But those who have ever put on a girdle, y'all know what it takes to get in one. And for us brothers, we understand having a girdle around your mind, your head, your brain, your mentality. I had to go with my mind in a girdle. Like, you got to hold it all in, Pastor. And I would go and I would try. Y'all would try. I would try. I would try, I would try, I would try, I would try. Right? Somebody asked something, I act like I didn't know. And then, and then in, in, act, in, listen, in acting like I didn't know, I'd be like, oops. I didn't mean to tell you the answer. <laughs> really, I didn't know. I just get, I didn't know. And so, you've got to understand that there are people who will leave you simply because you're gifted. I wasn't surprised when I looked at my contract at Ball State, I wasn't surprised at all. Why? Because I knew that there were people that were intimidated by my gift, right? They wanted one set to teach in one school and one set to teach in another. I was the first person that had the qualification to teach in both. They couldn't handle that. Nobody should be able to do that. I was gifted and there was nothing I could do about it. Some of you all, stop trying to put your gift in a girdle. Write that down, write that down, tweet that. I didn't get that from nobody but the Holy Spirit. Tweet it, don't put it out there. At least give me credit though. She said, pound, don't put your gift in a girl. Don't do it. Matter of fact, it's more work. Put the girl alone. To just let it all hang out. Oh my God. Oh Lord. Uh-oh. Am I in trouble? <laughs> Somebody said let it all hang out. Now say let your gift hang out. Because there's nothing you can do about it. Wearing yourself out all uncomfortable at work. Trying to make people like you that they gonna never like you. Trying to impress people that you can't impress. Trying to do things. Stop painting the hair back where hair won't grow. Let it all, let it all hang out. Because that's how God created you. That's what God gave you. That's what God wants you to use. There's somebody else who don't know how to handle their bald spot. They don't know how to handle their depression. They don't know how to handle their children. They don't know how to handle their peak slip. They don't know how to handle, God, their unemployment. But when you gifted, they're looking for you. And they can't find you. When you're all bottled up. So when you're gifted, the Bible says the master will leave you. When the master leaves you, he wants to know two things. He wants to know 
what do you have and what did you do and I think and I'm done I think part of the what do you have is important because many of us have a hard time settling with what God gave us and I'm just trying to help somebody understand today that all you've got is what he gave you. And that's all you got. If he gave you a big nose, work with it. If he gave you big feet, work with it. If you're bright, work with it. If you're dull, work with it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Don't put your gift behind a bush. Don't put it in a girdle. Somebody in here right now, you're letting other people intimidate you out of your gift. I remember growing up, there was a young girl who was extremely smart. I think she's a dentist or something like that now. And one day, uh, maybe my mom might remember this, one day, we, uh, she was at church and she was crying and it was like, why in the world is this girl crying? She said she's crying because people are teasing her for being smart. Y'all hearing this? Y'all Do y'all realize that this, what I'm talking about today is real? And not only are our children facing uh, going to school feeling bad about themselves and having their self-esteem lowered, not because they're dumb, not because they're dull, but because they're bright and they're smart and they're intelligent and they're afraid to let their little light shine because they're afraid that other people will look down on them for letting their gifts show. Nashville, Tennessee, we had this class. I'm doing this class at Metro Nashville Public School System. And we had some ruckus over in one of our groups with our kids that were in the sixth grade. And I asked one of my students, I said, what's going on over there? He said, well, he said, Professor, to me then, he said, Professor Gerton, he says, I don't know what the problem is, but you told everybody to pick a name. And this whole, everybody in the group wants to be the Tigers. And this one little boy said he won't, don't want to be the Tigers. He said, well, why didn't the little boy want to be the tiger? He said, because he feels like if they call themselves the tigers, they'll think that they're better than everybody else and they'll get teased. Whoa, what? This is what's going on. And what is so bad, them sixth graders have grown up and now they're adults. And if we don't deal with how to use your gift, We'll have astronauts selling drugs. We'll have pastors. Oh, y'all got to feel me today. Because somebody. Today I want to challenge somebody in here to use what you got. Y'all get this, don't you? Use what you got. If you've been down to the corner, y'all know we using what we got. I want to challenge somebody in here to use what God gave you. Why? Because that's all you got. That's all you got. I ain't mad if you need money for a bus pass. I ain't mad about that. But I am mad if you got some feet. 
I'm not mad. I'm not mad if, if you got a felony and you got to check the box. But I am mad if you haven't started to pursue your high school criminal diploma. I'm mad, I am mad about that. Are y'all following? Use what you got. When you wake up in the morning, there's one thing you got is time. I told y'all last week, I said, you can take my money, but don't take my time. You can take all my money because as long as I got time, I can make my money back. Don't mess with my time. And God has gifted all of us with time, with seconds. And I don't want anyone to waste their gifts, waste your time complaining about how unfair something is if you have not done all you can do. We was walking down the street. We just left the alley. And uh, we talked about jobs. We said, we need jobs, we need jobs, we need jobs. And I'm trying not to become cynical, y'all. But the person I was talking to, I said, we have jobs. That ain't the problem. The problem is, are people going to do what it takes to keep the job? And you can get your job today. But will you have it tomorrow? Will you get up? Will you pass the drop? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Have you dealt with childcare so you won't be late? Have you dealt with reliable transportation? Right? Have you dealt with the black eye and the bruises? Y'all hear me? You've got to do what you can do. And don't come complaining because God has given you a gift and he wants you to use it. And you might as well because that's all you got. So I want to challenge somebody today. Can I challenge us? Can I challenge us? Because I was going to do something really deep today and I couldn't make it happen. I might do it next week. But what I, I, I wish I could have done it because I need to see some tangible results from using what you got. I need to see some tangible results out of all of y'all in here. Can you imagine what would happen if everyone under the sound of my voice made a commitment to say, God, to say, God, I'm not gonna complain about what's unfair. I'm gonna take the little bit that I have and I'm gonna put it to work. Can you imagine? What would happen if everyone in here, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, if you made a commitment to use the little bit that you have, right? The little gift that you have, the little time that you have to be a blessing. Can you imagine what could happen? You did it. I saw you. Yeah, you came and you did it. I saw you do it, right? I got this mother over here. 
I got this mother over here. She did it. Yeah, you did it. That's your testimony. She used a little bit of time that she had. And I believe that if it were not for what you did, your son would not be alive today. She could have been like everybody else that walked past. She could have been like everybody else that had too much pride. She could have been like everybody else. The way a man came up today, I asked him a couple questions. He was trying to sell us something. He got mad because of the questions that I was asking. Got in his car, drove away. Okay. She could, with the questions that I was asking you, you could have said, you know what, I don't have time for this. And walked away. But she used the time that she had. And I'm telling you, I believe that it was that time that saved her son's life. So imagine what would happen if everybody used what they had. If everybody respected the fact that it's not about fairness, it's about the fact that God is just. He doesn't wait to give you a burden because he understands that I'm going to give you what I know you can bear. Oh, that's mind-blowing right there. You mean to say, Pastor, that what I'm dealing with, I can handle it? Yes! Because God does not give you more than you can bear. God knows intimately what you can do and what you can't do. And there's some things you're complaining about right now. You need to wake up tomorrow and look in the mirror and say, I got this. Because had God not known that I can handle it, he wouldn't have given it to me. So I look at my wife, I look at our house, I look at our kids, I look at our bills, I look at my responsibility, and I say, I got this. Because God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Look at yourself and say, I got this. You've got to wake up and look at your supervisor, look at the enemy, look at the naysayer and say, you don't have it. I got it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I can handle it. I can do it. I can start it. I can stop it. I can build it. Somebody right now, you got to think about it. I see you puffing up in your spirit because you just realized you mean that I actually can do it? Yes, because if God did not intend for you to do it, he wouldn't have given it to you. If, if he didn't think you could handle it, it wouldn't be in your hands. Ah, imagine if we would stop desiring other people's gifts and start working with the one we've been given. I just want to challenge us today to use what God has given. Because that's all you got. Put your hands together for God. So here's what's going to happen. Come here, sister. Come here. The, the, the corner turned into something that it has never turned into this past Saturday. It turned into something that's never turned into. 
it's been a food counter, some of y'all know, right? People have been getting fed. It's been a place of encouragement. It's been an altar. It's been a place of prayer. But on yesterday, it turned into an emergency. Right? Do y'all hear me? The tent became an emergency room. I met this mother on Friday. Lord, I met this mother on Friday. She sacrificed her time to talk with Pastor G. She shared some of her challenges. And the longer that we talked, she became less concerned about herself, even with all of her issues, and more concerned about her son. It happens. And so I told her, I said, bring your son, bring your son, bring your son. On Saturday, she comes and introduces me to her son. 22-year-old, strong, handsome. And as we're standing there, Pastor G is doing Pastor G. I tell him, I need you to come back on Monday. We got people ready coming in. Job orientation, you can fill out applications, go to work. We go through all of the preliminaries. Give my hug. Y'all know how we do. I turn around and he begins to fall forward. We go to catch him. I thought he tripped, but I noticed he kept falling. And so we pulled a chair. Am I, am I right? Some of y'all was there. We put up a chair. We sat him in a chair. He continued to fall. But thanks be to God. We had two doctors in the house. From, uh, from Raleigh Hospital. I said, Dr. Boyle, Dr. Manonsky, come, we need a doctor. Within seconds. Her son was surrounded by our prayer warriors. Surrounded by love. Surrounded by those who are trained to take his post. What's your name? How old are you? What's his condition? Has he... And what could have been a tragedy? We didn't have one ambulance. We had two. We had more than enough. So had this mother... not flowing with the Holy Spirit. The question that she asked while her son was laying the question that she asked with tears in her eyes, she said, what would have happened had we not been here? What would have happened had we not been at this corner? What would have happened had I don't know what you said. What would have happened to my son? What would have happened 
if he had been walking down the street around people that didn't care, about people that weren't qualified, around people that wouldn't pray, around people who wouldn't call 911, around what would have happened now? Are y'all catching what I'm saying? What would have happened? Now, get it in our, get it in your mind. When you use the time that God gives you, her son is alive today. How you guys doing today? I'm thankful to be in the glory of the house. I'm not a bad person. I don't do drugs. I'm not an alcoholic or anything. I'm just a mother. And I make room I move around a lot. I'm 42 years old. I have three grown kids. And I have two grandbabies. The bad choice I make is I move a lot to different states. And I don't be stabilized. So when I came to the pastor, I had just moved back from Louisiana. And I was in Indianapolis for a week. I'm born and raised from Bloomington, Illinois. And I was there for like a month because I was trying to get Medicaid and I have health problems and stuff and I couldn't get Medicaid back here fast. So I've been in Bloomington for a month. I got Medicaid, food stamps and everything so I can be able to eat. Me and my son have been homeless. And my son was in the mission, the one here. And so he used his last check to get a hotel room to have somewhere to stay. He went to the blood bank yesterday to get money to try to get a ticket, a bus ticket for me to get back home. And didn't eat and drink and he passed out for his mother. He was doing that for his mom. And like I told him, I'm your mom. I'm supposed to be helping you out. I'm the one supposed to be where you can come to me. And that's why I just love Jesus and God so much because all yesterday and last night, I just kept thinking about what happened yesterday. I couldn't get it out of my eyes. In my head, and he was like, Mom, it's okay. I just thank the Lord. He's a good guy. And I'm in the right place, and we was in the right place yesterday. Now, I have an oldest son that's from Chicago. He was born and raised there. I pray for this one because there's no hope other than praying. So I'm asking you guys to pray for him. He got shot. He got shot twice. The second time it was four times. And I think he's in jail now. He stopped talking to me, so I don't know what to do. And all I can do is just pray for that one. And I always pray for all three of my children. I was a single mom, and I tried my best. So the other two of my kids really loved me. My daughter lived in Louisiana, and she's about to get married. Her fiance joined the army to take care of her and her daughter. So I'm very happy for her. So I just, everybody, if y'all can pray for me and my son, we're going to try to do the best we can to get on our feet. So y'all know what we're going to do. I wish I could tell it all. Ro, put the camera down. Come on up. Uh, Ro is going to stand for another young lady. <laughs> 
who was caught up in a bad drug deal at the mall yesterday. This young lady came to the uh, mall. She didn't get what she wanted. She was angry. She's a drug addict. I don't know if she's homeless or not, I'm not sure, but I'm sure she's bouncing around. And I want y'all to know that when she left the corner, she couldn't stay away after meeting Ro. This drug addict, after meeting Ro, she couldn't stay away. She came back up to the corner, she said, I just can't stay away. I can't stay away. And what I like about it was, When I hook, when I ask Ro to come over, Ro comes over. Can I tell that part? The young girl was saying, Pastor, I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to live like this. I want my children back. I keep asking God to help me as if God is not hearing me. And so I said, Sister Ro, come here. Ro comes over. They have a little chit-chat. For about 60 seconds and Rose says let me tell you a little bit about myself she says I used to smoke crack cocaine and before she gets Anne out the girl looks at her and says no you can't you couldn't she says because you're beautiful And Ro looks right back at her and says, and you're beautiful too. And so Ro says, Pastor, this is my first time witnessing like this. This is my first time. But I want y'all to know, through Ro and this young girl, her cousin, is now a candidate for baptism. I'm just saying, use what you got. You're not proud of it. You're not happy about it. You wish it had been different, but God said, that's what I gave you. That's all you got. And look what you've done. Look what you did. I want you to stand here. We're going to pray. I need everyone to stand. If there's anyone in here who's ever had to pray for a child and you didn't know where they were or what they were doing, come down to center aisle. You could be a grandchild, doesn't matter. You pray for them. Come on down. They need to see this. If there's anybody who's ever had to deal with drugs and alcohol addiction, some type of addiction, and you really didn't think you could get past it, come down this aisle. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Blessing from you. Yeah, these are people who know what it's like. A blessing from you. 
to have children and not know where they are. These are people who know what it's like to have an addiction or a stronghold that you feel like you can't break. But today they said, I'm going to use my right foot and my left foot and I'm going to press my way to church. I'm going to press my way to the altar. I'm going to press my way because that's all I got. My testimony is all I got. My testimony is all I got. My
keep us and bless us and we'll forever tell the good news in the mighty precious holy righteous name of Jesus Christ we pray amen put your hands together for God in this place hallelujah I want to remind us I want to remind us that the doors of the church are never ever closed. If there is one in the house today, you desire to join with the Christ Missionary Baptist Church. If you desire to give your life to Christ, all you gotta do is approach Pastor G and we will take care of business. Like the deacon said, we're not here shucking and jiving. You can go to a whole lot of places for shucking and jiving. This is what God is doing for real. Amen. We, we already know that the testimony of the saints edifies the body. We walk out of here stronger today than the way we walked in. It is offering time. Amen. Let me say it again. It's offering time. Yeah. All right. I got a few more, y'all. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have take up offering today. And we're going to bring up an extra basket or extra plate. What I, what I want to do is to help her and her son. Her son did not want to go back to Bloomington, Illinois. But he needs to get back because he needs medical attention. And he's not getting it here. Whatever going on in Indiana with regard to insurance is not working for people like them. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So I want a basket up here, and I'm gonna have her work with Sister Linda, some at the front office, to make sure that they can make it, the both of them, back to where they can get medical attention. Because of her situation, she cannot get it here in Indianapolis, and that's unfortunate. But we can do what we can do, amen? So they're going to bring up an extra basket. Now, I want y'all to remember, uh, uh, we are a tithing church. Somebody say, we are a tithing church. And that don't mean it's a Sunday morning stick up. What that means is, if you do the math, 10% helps us continue the ministry. Don't help us do what we're doing at the corner. That's being funded on its own and out of Pastor G's pockets and some of the others who have been uh, gracious to help us do things on the corner uh, but I want us to know that we rely on the gifts of the people to keep the lights on and to fix the water damage that we now have amen all right yeah so and the organ which I can tell today needs to be fixed see this stuff needs to be done so I just want y'all to know do the best you can and then do some more or just tithe how's that work do the best you can and then some more or just tithe some of y'all gotta rip up a check now and rewrite it amen all right and then this basket over here is gifts that we want to help this mother and her son make it back to bloomington illinois and we, again we'll manage that to make sure they get exactly what they need by her working with the office amen at this time, why don't you stand up wherever you are, greet two or three people on your way up. Yes, come on. I swear. I think it's possible. I feel it's tangible. Yeah. 
come on. I see. I see me with the ball. I'm looking for a miracle. I like that. Come on. I stand the impossible. I feel.